Recently, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, was on 60 Minutes, and he was discussing higher for longer as it pertains to the federal funds rate. What does that really mean? We're going to dig into that. You ready to go? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus, you are tuned in to Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Yo, what's poppin'? This big ass round table that you just got for us, John. It's a round table of nights. It's a round table of nights. nights. Go Knights. Yeah. Yeah, how about Go Knights? I went to the UCF Oklahoma basketball game. Again? Got the dub. Got the dub. First time in my recent history that we took on a top 25 opponent, mm-hmm. took the lead from tip-off, and never gave it up. Didn't that happen last week or the week before when you guys we beat, like, beat Kansas or something? We have shit? beat top 25 teams, but I can't imagine that we took the lead from tip-off and kept it all the way through the end of the game. Are you a bigger fan now of the basketball team than the football team? Because it seems no. like you're leaving. No, no. basketball is a new sport for me. Basketball, like, look, I see you're rocking your Orlando Magic. Oh, this piece of shit. Yeah, pull over. Yep. Yeah, I will start following the Magic again once they start consistently making the playoffs the way they did 10-plus years ago when they had uh, really Shaq and Penny and Grant Hill and that whole game. Really, uh, Nick Andrews' fault for missing the four free throws. Had he made, I don't know, one or two of them, the legacy and the history of the Orlando Magic will be far different. Wow, you're blaming Nick Anderson, huh? I mean, it, it literally, he missed four fucking free throws. Who else are you going to blame? I don't know. I can't remember that time. It's funny. I said 10 years ago. It was actually like 25 years ago, but it's all right. Uh, Dwight Howard. When when the Magic had Dwight Howard probably also, 10 plus well, years ago. if Courtney Lee was able to give Dwight Howard that alley-oop like he should have in the inbounds play where they would have gone up against the Lakers back in the finals, that also would have changed the trajectory of the Orlando Magic. I did not know that you were such a connoisseur of Orlando Magic basketball. I thought for sure being from Massachusetts, you'd be like a Celtic. I hate the Celtics. Wow. Boston's not a friendly that? place. That's probably where I'm an asshole. How about that? Yeah, my niece, her heart is breaking right now, John, because you just said that you hate the Celtics. But for whatever reason, she's a Celtics fan. She grew up in Orlando, but she loves the Celtics. <laughs> I can't answer that. Maybe she has a crush on Jason Tatum. There you go. Maybe that's what it's all about. Jason you know who doesn't have a crush on Jason Tatum? Jerome Powell. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about. You like how I did that to you, John? That was huh? like one of the better ones. That, that was one of the better Yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about that higher for longer. What the hell does that mean? Smoking kush that has a long-lasting effect. That was your hope. You're like, hey, you were writing out the uh, description. You're like, is that H-I-R-E? Like, how do we hire people for longer? Yeah, that's what I'm I thought. Like, no, John. No, no, no. Higher. No, higher. That means the federal funds rate is going to stay higher for longer is currently what's being prognosticated by the think tanks and the talking heads. So what does that mean to consumers? Mm-hmm. And why does it matter? What does it mean for real estate? What does it mean for home buyers? What does it mean for the mortgage community? Like what the hell does it mean if the Federal Reserve does not mm-hmm. start cutting the Fed funds rate? And then we may need a reminder, what just happened? Why were they increasing the Fed funds rate at historic pace? Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to dive into. Okay. But before we do. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You hear that? Housekeeping, go ahead. Nah, I don't know if I have a housekeeping. By the time this thing airs, mm-hmm. I'm already going to be in Phoenix. I'm already going to have done. Smack. I'm, pop up. I'm already going to have done the T-Lot pop up at Bottled Blonde. If you can get Dustin to take his teeth out, there is a $100 bill waiting on the other side of you. 
random patron out there. That would never happen, John. Again. That would never happen. Allegedly. Um, I don't even know why you would say that, and I don't know what cush you're smoking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But right now, I am still in Scottsdale. Right. Uh, more than likely, I am at the Waste Management Open because it's Friday when you're listening to this. If it's Saturday when you're listening to this, that means I'm probably hiking Camelback on my way to the casino before I fly out on Sunday. Mm. No, um, some things that are coming up. Housing Wire has this huge event called The Gathering. It's going to be in Arizona as well, this time in April. So I get to go back to back to Arizona because Housing Wire has partnered with TLOP and they said, hey, we would love to have TLOP out mm. um, participating in this event. Can we get you and JC and Mark and Nikki to participate? We're like, hell yes mm. we love housing wire mm. they've been a tlop online partner for the past year they're one of my favorite publications if you follow us on social you'll notice i'm constantly screenshotting some of their articles and i'm posting them in my stories but what an amazing event especially if you are a area manager regional manager divisional manager you own your own company you run your own mortgage operation like this is the who's who of the mortgage industry meets the who's who of the real estate industry and they come together. I don't know if it's the best event for individual loan officers. Like that event's going to be us in Vegas when we go out to Mortgage Mastermind. Mm. And we are already in talks with the dude over at Mortgage Mastermind who runs it. He bought it from Stephen Marshall. Nikki's been talking to him about that, about how do we get TLOP involved? How do Dio and JC get back out there? Are you going to get on the stage? Possibly, if they ask me to. I think if you need to ask. I think to. you need to ask. I may have butterflies if I do it though. Just carry a water bottle up there. You'd be fine. I'm not going to carry that water bottle like I did that first event and make love to it. I learned. Fine. I learned. But yeah, you know what? If if they want me to speak, I'd I'd probably take them up on that opportunity. I'd be nervous as hell, though. I'd have butterflies. I'd be preparing for like two or three weeks. Oh, God. Yes. And you'd have to live with me while doing it. So anyhow, shout out to Housing Wire. Shout out to The Gathering. Y'all, we are crushing it right now over at TLOP Online. Mortgage loan originators, this is your chance. Join our community. We're not accepting, but 3% of total licensed mortgage loan originators to join this community. Meaning by this time next year, I see us having an application process mm. to let people join because it's a real community. This is a community where everybody is of like mind. They are in growth mode. They're trying to level up. They recognize themselves as being the future of the mortgage industry, but they want more. They want more out of themselves. They want more out of their commitment to the industry mm -hmm. and they want to synergize and learn from top producers as well as each other's and we through the community give the community a say in the training videos we're producing we yep. get a say in the agendas that we're putting together for our seven monthly live sales training calls or coaching calls that we do and sometimes we give them an opportunity to teach because we all know if you want to learn something you want to master something the teach best, it teach it yeah teach it so the website is tloponline.com. It is a, it is the membership offered currently that y'all should be looking into. And it's super affordable for in terms of an investment, like literally one half of one commission right now. Worst case, if you work in a small market and you have a, a, a bad comp plan, it's an entire commission for a year's worth of membership. That is like 80 plus training calls, hundreds of training videos. Like y'all don't miss out on this opportunity. The, the investment is only going to be going up. And as we get to next year, and as that community doubles and triples in size, we're going to have to start being more selective with who we let in. And then finally, I think the people should know, John, what we've been up to behind the scenes. Y'all, 
the Lone Officer podcast is being retired. Yeah, we're taking that dog out behind the shed. Yeah, it's going to be retired. Now, don't don't worry. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're going to take care of you. And we're going to do an entire episode as we get closer to the full transition. Right now, we just want to get let you all know the Lone Officer podcast, the way that you know it, retired. Please embrace TLOP. John, they may say, what is TLOP? Well, I'm glad you asked. TLOP is... A brand. TLOP is a lifestyle. TLOP is what you're missing in your life. It could be generating wealth through real estate. It could be becoming a, a better mortgage loan originator. It could be getting the career advice that you need. It could be becoming less of a mess when it comes to personal finances. It could be becoming a better sales professional, right? Like TLOP is a brand. TLOP is the shit they didn't teach us in school, but they should have. So as we go forward and as we scale ourselves and as we level up, we will be TLOP across the board. We're going to have our YouTube channel, branded TLOP, the podcast, branded TLOP. The website is already TLOP online. If you have anything that says the Lone Officer podcast, keep that shit. Yeah. That's vintage. Yeah, that's vintage. All that's going to be a collector's got, yeah, item. Collector's shit. That's going to be a collector's <laughs> item. And I'm sure, John, I saw that big box of t-shirts that you have. Hey. We're going to have to find a way limited run. to, yeah, limited right. run. Maybe we hoard them. Maybe we sell them for charity. Maybe we sell them to fund a, mar a raise for Mark and Nikki. I say you throw it on the 16th green at the Waste Manager Open. Not this year. Damn. We're going to have to wait one more year for that. Yeah, because we're going to have to wait for that transition to, all the way, to go all the way through. And don't, don't, don't worry. John and I are going to do an entire episode on this. I'll tease one more thing. Okay. They've been used, John, our fans, have been used to two episodes per week every single week since 2020. Mm -hmm. We're going to one episode per week. Shit. Wah, 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 boo, hiss. Don't worry. That was JC's idea. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but yes. It was his idea. But the team got together and said, John, that's a phenomenal idea because what we want to be able to do is go live every single Tuesday. So John and I will continue to create two episodes per week for the next few weeks as we transition from the Lone Officer podcast into TLOP. And as we pull away from doing two episodes per week, we will still give you one episode per week that will still drop on Fridays and then on Tuesdays. You'll be able to log in for 30 to 45 minutes, upwards to an hour, depending on how much fun we're having. Right. And we will produce a live Holy episode. Shit. Oh my God. Where the goal is to be able to host it on YouTube and on Instagram. And then it'll be recorded. That way it'll stay on both platforms for you to go back and review. This is going to be your opportunity to get your questions answered. This is going to be your opportunity for us to talk current events, for us to have better engagement and better interaction. And then as I tease out the YouTube channel, just know. John and I feel like we've never had a real legitimate YouTube channel. Mm. That's about to change. Yes, we've hosted our podcast on a YouTube channel, but we didn't have a legitimate YouTube the way that YouTube creators create their content. Well, that's going to change as well. When you're following us on, on Instagram, you're going to see a change in the type of reels that we're posting and how often I'm going to be up in stories. Please know that we mean business. Like we're trying to go next level and we're inviting you to come along with us. Holy shit. So um, be open, be receptive, uh, provide feedback. And uh, by all means, please know we're doing this because we want to better serve you. Well said, Dustin. All right. Now let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. Okay. How do I stay Federal high? Reserve. How do I stay high? 
Right. How does John stay high? Go out to the car right after this episode. Correct. And you better believe that's what he's going to do. <laughs> All right. No, so check this out. I've, I've been receiving questions, emails. People pulled me aside when I was, I was at the freaking tri club mm. uh, doing a 90 minute intense uh, indoor cycle session. This morning at 5 Which, by the way, y'all don't know this. If you do a indoor cycle for 90 minutes, that's equivalent to doing two and a half hours on the road. Like, that's an intense, hardcore. Because you have lots of resistance uh, going on when you're doing you the- You pedal the entire time or do you the coast? You can't coast. Like the minute you take your, your you quit moving your feet, you just stop. It's not like when you're out on the road, yeah, yeah. you can stop and you're in a roll for- yeah, 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 yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. But yeah, so nonetheless, like it's it's pretty intense. So we're in there and um, I get pulled aside like, hey, Dio, we could use a TED Talk on mortgages one of these Saturdays. Like I'm like, you fools want me- to come and train with you for two hours indoors, and you're going to wind me up and let me gus, I promise you I'm going to bore the hell out of you. Please record that. That's going to be awesome. I said, what is it that you're really looking for? Like, well, we don't really know what higher for longer means, and how does this impact home buyers? How does this impact interest rates? And by the way, why in the hell were federal funds rate where it's at? Like, how do we get here? We'd love for you to discuss. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to come in and do that TED talk for you while also huffing and puffing and trying to do an indoor cycle session. Right. But I can at least go to my podcast, get with my producer, co-host extraordinaire, John Coleman, and we'll do an episode. So let's talk about it. You ready, John? Uh, okay. I don't know who Jerome Powell is. He's a shed of the fair. Just another old white dude. Shed of the fair. Another Real old talk, white though, dude. not to bring race into it, but if you hear Jerome Powell, I thought he was black. <laughs> No bullshit. I was like, oh, well, they got a black dude in charge of all the money. That's what's up, man. But then, no, in the short picture, it was not. So it was shout, not. Shout out Jerome Powell. Yeah, no, he looks like every other mortgage yes, banker at the annual conference, <laughs> except for he's more than a mortgage banker. He is the yeah. the, the central banker. Yeah. He is the head honcho. Okay, yeah. And he's not the only guy. Like, there's an entire Federal Reserve Board, by mm -hmm. the way, and there's governors, and, and some of them have voting rights, and some of them don't, but he's the leader, right? He's the CEO of 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 these people mm -hmm. and they set policy for the united states so obviously after covid or because of covid unprecedented times and never dealt with this type of a health scare didn't know what it was going to do to the economy people were shutting down not going to work businesses weren't opening etc cetera, etc cetera. so the the country printed a ton of money right they freaked the f out mm -hmm. never never experienced this before didn't know what to do they did their best. Sometimes your best isn't good enough. Sometimes your best is, is exactly what you needed. Yeah. Only history will be able to, to tell us which was right or which, which could have been done better. But nonetheless, um, money was printed. When that money was printed, we saw inflation just absolutely skyrocket. Well, what is inflation? Well, inflation is when you have too few goods being chased by too many people who want to buy those goods. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden you see the prices of things just go up. Now they also went up because of supply chain issues, right? Like if I'm used to being able to bake a thousand loaves of bread, but I can only bake 500 loaves because I can't get flour out of Eastern Europe, mm -hmm. but I still have a thousand families that come to my bakery every week for bread. Then the price is going to go up, right? Because there's, 1,000 people bidding for the same 500 loaves. Mm -hmm. That's essentially, in a, in a very small nutshell, how inflation would work. So we saw inflation just take off. At the same time, we saw earnings bounce back pretty quickly. If you go back to like the early scare of COVID in, in mid-2020, we saw wages for 
for associates of companies go up six, eight, 10, 12%, right? You made more money if you left your employer, but you still made a lot of money if you stayed with your employer. Mm -hmm. We saw everything going gangbusters in terms of prices. And you would think that's healthy, but it's like anything in life, like too much of a good thing is not a good thing. Yeah. You want inflation, but you want inflation slow and steady, i.e. 2%. When you see inflation at 8%, that's not good. When you see home prices skyrocketing, that's not good. You want homes appreciating, but again, too much of a good thing is not a good thing. So the way that the Federal Reserve manipulates our economy is through how they do a couple of things. One of those things is how they set monetary policy. They set monetary policy through the federal, the, the federal funds rate. And the federal funds rate is essentially the base rate that a lot of borrowing comes from. By the way, it is not what sets mortgage rates. Please know that. One of the biggest misconceptions is that the federal funds rate is what dictates mortgage rates. It is not, nor is it the 10-year treasury. It is mortgage-backed securities. But the federal funds rate st sets the tonality and then from there, 10-year treasuries are, are bought and sold and valued and traded and mortgage-backed securities bought and sold and valued and traded. So the Federal Reserve is trying to slow down the economy. The way that they do that is they increase the cost of borrowing because if you increase the cost of borrowing, consumers will quit going to their credit cards. Consumers will quit trying to buy auto loans or buy, buy, buy automobiles using auto loans. Consumers will stop going to their bank to get a home equity line of credit and use that home equity line of credit to do whatever they want to do, buy a boat, do it in addition, remodel the bathroom, what have you, because the cost of service that debt is just too expensive because the interest rates are high. At the same time, businesses will stop looking to expand if you make borrowing expensive. Because when borrowing's cheap, they're like, yeah, it's free money. Let's go take out as many loans as we can and let's reinvest that money back into the business. The minute you can't service that debt, meaning the payments on that debt isn't worth it, then you stop taking out loans, which means you stop investing into your company. Mm -hmm. And in business and in sales and in life, quite honestly, if you're not growing, you're dying. I'm a firm believer in that. Let that one sink in. If you're not growing, you're dying. Businesses must stay in growth mode. Societies must stay in growth mode. This is why we need to have legal regulated immigration, because in order for our U.S. society to continue to grow, we need more people living in this country legally than were there a year ago. And you can do so through birth or you can do so through immigration. So immigration is very important because if you're not growing, you're dying. So that, go that goes with everything. It could be internally, it could be your marriage, it could be your, your company, or if you're an individual sales rep, it could just be you and your skill set. So because of that uh, mentality, if you're not growing, you're dying, then businesses constantly are in growth mode. They use leverage debt to, to, to grow. So the Federal Reserve, who sets policy in the U.S., says, we're done. We are growing too fast. Too much of a good thing is not a good thing. We have to slow things down. Mm -hmm. Well, they slow things down by increasing the federal funds rate. So that's what's transpired over the past 18 to going on 24 months. Mm -hmm. Like, and I can't remember the number. It was something ridiculous, like 19 consecutive interest rate increases. Then they paused. And they paused and everyone thought, oh, they're going to start lowering because it's like anything you slam on your brakes because something jumped out in front of you, but it doesn't mean that you stop 
the path that you're on. It just means that you have to now proceed and you proceed with caution. Federal Reserve jacked up the federal funds rate to set monetary policy in the U.S., which was hopefully slamming on the brakes to slow everything down. But they're going to have to add a little bit of an accelerant, a little bit of gasoline. And the, typically the way that they do that is by lowering rates hmm. back down somewhere in the middle, not back where they came from, right? But like think of anything you've done in your life where you overcorrected, hmm. right? As a parent, maybe I overcorrected. My kid done went and screwed up. I yelled and screamed and took everything away. And then about three days later, I give him one of those things back. A week later, I give him all back. Hopefully he learned his lesson and we can move on with life. Mm -hmm. Federal Reserve is doing the same exact thing, playing puppeteer with the U.S. economy. So we all, and we all, like the talking heads, the people on TV, the economists, those people that have crystal ball awards, et cetera, have anticipated the Federal Reserve was going to start lowering the Fed funds rate. And the minute they did so, it was going to spark growth in the U.S. economy. It was going to um, allow mortgage rates to come back down. It was going to allow more sellers to want to sell properties, at which point buyers were going to have more affordable housing and buyers were going to have more housing inventory, more affordable housing because mortgage rates would follow suit. Again, Federal Reserve doesn't dictate mortgage rates, but they set the tone, they set the policy. So you would see those longer term instruments, the 10-year treasuries and the 30-year mortgage-backed securities you would see the yields on those returns decrease, which means mortgage rates would be decreasing. Mm -hmm. Well, Federal Reserve is still freaked the F out. Jay Powell, mm -hmm. your homeboy, Jay Powell. Shout out, Jay Powell. Yeah. He is still freaked the F out that he's looking at employment data and he was like, we got too many new jobs being created in the U.S. Where? He's looking. <laughs> Thank you. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you sound like many of the talking heads that are like, I'm a little bit confused what the hell's going on. But there's data that comes out that 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 allegedly yeah. is stating that nope, robust employment market, mm -hmm. new jobs being created. Now, it may be the second job for that person who can't pay their bills right. because they done maxed out their credit cards because they can't afford their lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. So they went out and found a part-time job being a waitress or, you know, cleaning, cleaning homes on the weekend, but nonetheless, it's a quote unquote job. So they're seeing that they're also seeing the unemployment rate, not really going up. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, you, you want a certain level of unemployment. It's like anything in life, like too little unemployment's not good. Too much unemployment's un unemployment's not good either. You want that balance wage growth. Wage growth is still too high. Meaning what we're paying people and the increases is, is above and beyond what the experts are hoping for. They want to see wage growth, not just exponential wage growth. Um, they want to see new jobs created, but not too many new jobs created. So there's a certain level of unemployment. The Federal Reserve doesn't like that data. So what they're basically stating is that they're not going to take their finger off the panic button. Let's call the panic button increasing uh, the federal funds rate, increasing the, the, the prime interest rate. Right away. They're not going to take their finger off right away. They're going to leave it there. And they're going to stare at you. And they're not going to blink. And they're going to see how much pain they can inflict on the U.S. economy before 
they take their hand off. And it's going to be interesting to watch this transpire because there's many people who believe what you believe, John. They're like, wait a minute. Do they not just wake up, go to a bar, go to a golf course, mm-hmm. like go hang out somewhere and talk to people? No. Like the, people aren't like super rosy about their employment situation. People aren't crushing it. There's not companies out there just raking in new associates, yeah. giving out big fat raises, lots of overtime and bonuses. Like that's not yeah. transpiring. What data are they looking at? Maybe that data is a little bit fuzzy math. Yeah, show me your math. Show me how you got to this final number, please. <laughs> Mr. Coleman, are you cheating off of the yeah. store? The hell? That's all I did is cheat. Yeah, but but that's what's transpiring. So we have to figure out what does that mean for us? Well, we thought we were going to see mortgage rates come down. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know a guy they said by this time in a quarter sometime next year, we will see rates hitting the fives. I love what you said. Say that again. I don't remember what I said. Correct. Yeah, a bunch of gibberish, right? Yeah. 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 So um one person could spin this news this way. They could spin the news and say, This is phenomenal for home sellers and home buyers because the least amount of people you have unemployed and the more people you have that are getting raises, that's more home buyers. That's going to uh, take the stress off of affordability. So good news, home buyers and sellers. The unemployment figures are low. The new jobs created are high. And we're going to have a robust housing season. Spring, summer is going to be phenomenal. Gangbusters. Yep. You have other people that are like, no, we kind of needed the Federal Reserve to take their finger off of the the panic button. Mm -hmm. We needed them to start lowering the federal funds rate so that we could drive monetary policy towards reducing the cost of borrowing across the board because sellers are locked in to their homes and not willing to sell until it's more affordable to buy that next house. And they're only going to find it more affordable when rates are in the high fours, low fives. And we can only get there when the federal reserve sets our monetary policy. And then there's, you know, the experts that were making the argument that those employment numbers are house of cards, that if you look at forward in uh, leading indicators, we have inflation in check. Inflation has come down tremendously, which it has. And the Federal Reserve knows that. And we may very well be at 2% or under 2% inflation, which that's always their target. That's what the Federal Reserve wants. They want to see inflation at 2%, meaning if it costs you $4 to buy that gallon of milk a year ago, it's calling costing you $4.08 this year, right? Every single year, things are going to go up by 2%, not 20%, not 12%, but 2%. That's what they're aiming for. Even wages. Like we would love to get people raises, but most people it's a cost of living increase based on inflation, mm-hmm. two to 4%. Not every person's getting six to 8% every single year. Those are things that they're looking for. So what, what are we going to do? We're going to sit back and do what we always do as we're told, Hey, you're going to take it and you're going to like it. There's not a whole lot that we can do. I think it's good that we know what's going on. And that's why we're covering it on today's episode or making it the topic of conversation. But I don't think there's a whole lot we can do whether the Federal Reserve begins cutting their rates in May or whether they start cutting them in August. Does it really impact the John Coleman's and Dustin's own, Dustin Owens of the world? Not really. I don't think so. So is this a big fat nothing burger as you usually would say? Seems like a slow news cycle so they need someone to put on the fucking ticker at the bottom. Um, look, as a mortgage professional, I would love for them to have started making their policy one in which inflation's in check, we're worried about the economy, and we're going to have to start cutting rates in order to to inject some positivity 
or boost of uh, encouragement into the economy. Because that's what the Federal Reserve does. Like, that's mm -hmm. the puppet master. When the economy is going too robust, they want to slow it down. They slow it down by increasing the federal funds rate. When the economy is sluggish, they want to spark mm -hmm. some 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 excitement into it, right? They want to give it a shot of Adderall, a dose of cocaine, or a shot of cafe, right? A little, little uh, cafe moco loco, whatever it is that you drink when you go four to Starbucks. Loco? Four loco. I don't know if it's four <laughs> loco. Yeah, a little five-hour yeah. energy drink. You yeah. know, they, they, they want to give it a spark. Right. And they give it a spark typically by, by uh, making borrowing cheaper by decreasing the federal funds rate. But- yeah. So what does it mean? Here we are. Okay. That's the backstory. That's kind of where we are. What does uh, higher for longer really mean? It just means that they're not looking to cut their federal funds rate anytime soon. But wasn't this not the narrative like six months ago when they were always talking about cutting the Fed funds rate or something? Man, this thing is more hormonal God. than a 16 year old what in hell? high school they sound, fighting with her friend. They sound indecisive over there at the Fed. The problem is there's uh, multiple people mm -hmm. who who get to set policy, who get to have opinions. Mm -hmm. Those people, some of them have real world experience. Some of them have no, no real world experience. Mm -hmm. And um, a little bit's like the way the wind blows. Well, what's the latest economic report? What's the University of Michigan saying? What did the CPI say? What did we revise the numbers from two months ago say? What's going on in the world economy? In, I'm sorry, in the in the global economy that's going to impact what we're doing. What's happening geopolitically that could impact the U.S. market? So there's a certain level of balancing. But, you know, I don't see if someone's asking me specifically and like, how do we get on this topic again? If someone's asking me specifically, how does this impact housing? How does it impact mortgage? How does this impact the market? I don't think it does. I think. All in all, I think that we're going to continue to see home prices go up. I think we're going to have a really solid spring and summer home buying season. I think sellers are going to sell. I think buyers are going to buy. I'm confident that there's way more buyers than there are sellers, which means it's going to be difficult for, for certain buyers to find that perfect house because they're going to get into bidding wars. And um, I think eventually mortgage rates will come down. It just might not be March. It might not be May. It may be by the end of the year. And I don't think anybody truly knows because we're trying to follow the path that's being blazed by the Federal Reserve. I don't think they know. And they've shown historically they were late to the party to increase federal funds rate. Mm -hmm. Now the concern is going to be late to the party to decrease the federal funds rate. At which point are we now stuck with maybe not a soft landing, but a hard landing? Are we going to end up when we start cutting, they start cutting drastically because they realized, crap, we should have started cutting much earlier. We were blinded. We couldn't see through the hazy fog, whatever the case may be. And um, when they do cut, they, they cut drastic. I mean, only time will tell. But higher for longer is currently in the news. Higher for longer was what was talked about on 60 Minutes. And then what does that really mean? I don't, it, it means mortgage rates would, would stay higher for longer. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see how it impacts home prices, home sales, um, home affordability, obviously lower rates adds to more affordability, but we have enough people who are gainfully employed, according to the numbers, making good money who want to become home buyers that when sellers do sell, they're going to have plenty 
of people bidding for their properties, which keeps home prices elevated. But like something's going to have to give. And then maybe this is where we find the wrap up because this is my prognostication. And you can go back and find old episodes where I was not in the camp of a soft landing. And I still think I'm not in the camp of a soft landing. The title was prepare for the hard landing, I believe. I, I believe you're correct. You know, now there's data that's coming out that maybe the Federal Reserve has been able to navigate these troubled waters. They've been able to, to uh, you know, make the adjustments needed. I still think there's some things that just aren't being seen or aren't being addressed that could cause for a, a little bit of a rockier landing, which a rockier landing means we go into a recession for for a, a short Stop, time. I've been hearing that shit for three years. I recession, know. my ass. Ain't nobody hey. buying that shit anymore. You know what, John? Eventually, if we say it, it'll come true. Eventually, if I say it's going to rain tomorrow. It'll rain tomorrow. It'll eventually rain tomorrow. I just don't know where. Can't they? It's do, gonna can't rain. those people, those like talking figures or with a fucking Fed chair, can't they just do what everyone else does now and just put it into fucking GPT AI and get the answer? Probably not. No. Are they allowed to? It doesn't work that way. Why doesn't it? It. I mean, I'm sure they use algorithms and they're using data. They have been for decades, but uh, I don't think so far, AI is actively taking people's jobs right now, and they just put out a report saying there's more jobs than ever for humans or robots. That's what I like to know. I, I, I have no idea, but I, no, I was going to, I was going to share this last thought with, with the group. It, there's something worth watching and worth mentioning is something does have to give like in order for the federal reserve to start cutting their rates and a uh, in order for the U S economy to kind of get itself in check, something's going to have to give. And what is that? Is that, is that going to be employment, right? Are we going to see unemployment go up? Are we going to see companies stop hiring? Are we going to see wages be, be decreased? Is it going to be home prices, home values? I find that so hard to believe just based on pure supply and demand, just supply and demand. How many homes do we have currently available for sale? How many people are waiting in the wings wanting to buy a home? Supply and demand makes it very difficult, but we do have an affordability issue. So then on affordability issue, our rates going to come down. If rates come down, affordability becomes less of an issue. If rates do not come down, eventually something, some life event, marriage, divorce, job change, mm -hmm. retirement, something's going to force someone to need to sell a house. Mm -hmm. And if a lot of people look to sell and the only buyers who are looking to buy can't afford that price, yeah. they're going to have to drop their price to make their home more affordable. Oh God. And there's going to be like a hundred offers on every house and we'll be right back to where we started. No, I don't know if I see that. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, what if, what if there's a hundred homes that get listed, but no one can afford those hundred homes because rates stayed higher for longer. Okay. Now all of a sudden you've maxed out your credit card. You, you don't have much savings. You're trying to buy a house cause you're tired of renting, but the home that you're trying to buy is about $25,000 out of your price range. Mm -hmm. And so are the other 99. And what if more buyers look like you? Eventually, those sellers who had those 100 homes aren't going to have any offers because no one's looking to buy their homes at that price. It would force them to drop it. Right. I've seen people make that argument. I don't see it. Like, I don't see where they're coming from. I think there's a better opportunity that we have a rockier landing. Lo higher for longer makes that reality a little bit more likely mm -hmm. versus if they started cutting rates as, as early as April or May. I think it makes it less likely. And then I think you start seeing that those employment numbers that came out in January and February, 
little bit house of cards, wasn't really telling the whole story. And you realize that companies aren't growing. They're not hiring. They're cutting hours. They're not giving raises. They might not be cutting associates, but they're cutting hours. They're not giving raises. And the U.S. economy's inflation is below 2%. And if you want to get things level and you don't want things to go worse, meaning go into a recession, you're going to have to do something with your policy. That something with your policy is going to be uh, decreasing rates. That sets the tone. Now you see mortgage rates come down. Now you see homes become more affordable. And then we get right into what we anticipated. The years of 25, 26, and 27 will be phenomenal for people in, in real estate and housing. It's going to be the Goldilocks years is what we're anticipating. But people started this whole entire conversation based on what does it mean higher for longer? That's our take. That's our understanding. That's the TLOP understanding of higher for longer. And if you're a mortgage professional, if you're a home buyer, if you're a real estate agent, or you support the housing market, because mm -hmm. maybe you're a contractor, maybe you're Home Depot, who knows? I honestly can't see much real long-term impact right now with higher for longer, but I wanted people to at least understand what it means when people talk about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, excuse me. You are was, bored AF. shit. No, that was fascinating. Did you catch me yawning, teacher? Sorry, professor. What was the question? The question was this. How do you want to find a good way to wrap this shit up? Well, I know how to stay higher for longer. John knows how to stay higher for longer. Let's hope that the Federal Reserve knows what they're doing yeah. and that they're high, and that they're longer is months and not years. Mm -hmm. It's months and not quarters. And by the way, if you like what we're doing, do us a favor. Make sure you're sharing us. Mm -hmm. We don't run ads. Yes, we talk about where we're going to be. We also talk about what we did. And we pimp the hell out of TLOP online because that's a badass community that we're building out for mortgage loan originators. Yeah. And if you are a mortgage loan originator and you haven't checked us out, I believe you're missing out tremendously. Yeah. But other than that, the way that you can thank us is share us, follow us on social, go to our YouTube channel, especially because we're going to be revamping it. Yeah. It's going to be a phenomenal resource for you, your clients, your friends, your family, your ex-coworkers, and your neighbors going forward. All things that they should have taught us in, in school, but they didn't. We're going to be creating content and hosting it on that channel. Yeah. But until then, keep tuning in. Keep giving us a five-star review. Keep grinding. Stay positive. Have fun. Be a good human. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today, but we, we do look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.